This week, we take a look at a different flavor of monster, a vehicle to modern hysteria and how their influence drained the livelihood from millions. Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. All right, so welcome back from that heavy-ass episode we had last time. Super heavy. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just, I'm still kind of in shock from it because it. Yeah. I haven't done any rabbit-holing searching, but I almost like, it's weird because I normally want to do that. I honestly just don't want to. <laughs> it was well, just like, ugh. Yeah, it's, uh, that that last trio of episodes was really uh the last one specifically was was real heavy there was a lot you know there was a lot to unpack there but obviously you know it it was done it had to be said and I'm, i'm glad that we were able to talk about it on the podcast right i mean because even so like with all the the shit that's going on in in the Midwest and all the content we have to pull from, I feel like his story is not super mainstream, you know? So, I mean, right. being the officiato that I claim to be, I mean, I didn't know even like a morsel of what you brought to the table of information was that. So yes, it was right. Right. <laughs> Did a great job. Um, but that being said, like, you know, I love that we are, we're doing, like, different flavors of monsters here. Like, you know, I mean, he was definitely a brutal one. Um, Kells, he was a brutal one in a, in a different flavor. Um, I feel like we kind of needed a palate cleanser. Also, yeah. um, I, just to, like, tell our, our listeners something a little about this. So this is kind of a, a piece of a topic. I'm trying to do this, like, as well as possible here. Um, it's something that I wanted to talk about on our previous podcast, but I never really had the like right platform to do it, I guess, because it never really fit into the thing. But it's definitely um, this is a topic or subtopic of something that I really think needs fucking brought up, I guess. I'm down. Um, I know I know a little bit about the topic that we're about to cover, but I didn't look too much into it. So I'm excited to hear about what you have to say. And I'm sure our listeners are too. So. Yeah. So like, um, I mean, growing up as, as a kid, I was born in 84. So growing up, um, I remember when public access television was like a huge thing. I remember coming to my grandma's house and seeing, you know, after school, you watch Bob Ross and Reading Rainbow. Like, hell uh, yeah, Reading Rainbow. Right. Yes. Love Reading Rainbow. Right. Uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, like the uns. Yes. All right. Also on that, RIP to Arthur. That just went. Did you see about that? Yes. Arthur's- they finally canceled it. Yeah. That is a bummer because Arthur was a staple. I mean, DW. Everybody knows DW from the memes, but she was right. a savage, and I just, I loved that show. That show was great, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's all public, you know, access television. I mean, yes. that was, like, core staples on, I always remembered, like, I mean, television, at least for me growing up, was always a big thing. Um, there, You know, we grew up in the MTV era. There were so many yes. things on television. We kind of grew up as television grew up in its, you know, main it's heyday type thing or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. No kidding. Um, and 
the thing with public access, it was like even my grandmother, um, she lives out in the country. Um, that's actually where I live now. So I remember coming here, but she, I mean, she never paid for cable like we had at home and we always came (laughs) and we always came out to my grandma's after school because both my parents worked, you know, and one of the things was like public access was all we could fucking watch, you know? So we really got into that, you know, Mr. Rogers and reading rainbow and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So adjust the antenna. I can't see it. It's still fuzzy. That I I definitely understand. (laughs) Legit. We, when I first, like my first, like, remembering of this was there was one of this like the knob on the tv like only clicked to like channel three then channel 10 like there was like you know maybe five clicks on the knob type thing it was so fucking old school as fuck i mean it was in color but it was like the basic first model of color television oh yeah Um, i had a tv with two dials that had like the double digit channels on it you had right, to turn it right. to a certain one and then, yes. okay, now you can change the bottom one to the, the higher that's, channels. <laughs> that's exactly, yes, exactly. Yep. So same thing. So, um, We're old. <laughs> right. We are old. But this type of case type thing comes from that era. It comes from, you know, uh, and I will admit, like, the more I looked into this, the less I realized that I knew about it. So. Okay. We're going to talk about a little thing that kind of molded the, you know, I thought was the 80s, 90s television, but turns out it's been around since the fucking 60s. So this is a bigger, bigger staple piece than I thought. Okay. Um, so I was going to talk about the sweethearts of television of public access. Um, for those who don't know, um, James Orson Baker and Tammy Faye Baker, probably people are like scratching their heads. Like who the hell is that? So <laughs> I know Tammy I was. Faye, uh, yeah. So Tammy Faye, if, from what I remember her, was very like flamboyant looking, very, you know, happy, whatever. A fuck ton of makeup. Just I mean, she's just known for having like globs and globs and globs of like makeup on. Just I mean, uh, very clown like. But oh, you man. know, um, right. And and that's how I remembered her. And that is Wait till we dive deep and you'll see, like, the connection with that. Um, I originally wanted to talk about both of them, but then I kind of did some deeper dives and realized he was the biggest monster in that that situation. So I just kind of want to focus on him. Okay. So. I'm ready. um, A little bit of background. So James Orson Baker, he was born January 2nd, 1940 in Muskegon, Michigan. He attended North Central University, which is in Minneapolis. It was a Bible college that was affiliated with the Assemblies of God, which um, I had to do a lot of research on this. So that is actually a Pentecostal Christian denomination. Okay. All right. And at this church, or this church, this church college, that's where he met his wife in 1960, which was at the time Tammy Faye LaValle. She was born March 7th, 1942 um, in Minnesota. She was actually the child of two Pentecostal preachers, Rachel and Carl. Um, Shortly after Tammy was born, her parents got divorced, which, for those who don't know, is a big, big no-no in um, that religious standpoint. Um, Yeah, no kidding. um, To the point where her mother, Rachel, was chastised, alienated from the church, from the community, Tammy was considered a bastard child, even though she was born of wedlock. They basically were shunned, 100% wow. shunned. 
Yeah. So, I mean, great starting point there. That's um, terrible. That's yeah. that that actually it's, makes me think like you know, you're supposed to be accepting of people no matter what, and for something like this, it's difficult because I'm not a churchgoer. I'm not uh I'm not religious in any way and I don't uh necessarily know a lot about what what's what to do what not to do uh what's frowned upon what's a sin like there's a lot there's a lot of uh up for interpretation type stuff but for someone to be shunned over that after you've been accepted for so long it just seems so backwards to me right and i'm really glad that you said that because that kind of gave me a segue into what i was fumbling over a few minutes ago um, (laughs) of how to introduce this basically i backstory wise i mean you just kind of um talked about yours um i was brought up in a strict german lutheran household strict very strict um you don't have children out of wedlock you don't do this you don't do that um i was at church every single sunday I was not allowed to choose anything or any flavor of my own form of religion until, um, you know, I was both baptized and um, made a member of the church. Like, I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. I was brought up very, very religious. Oh, wow. Um, I, I so, did not know that about her, everybody. I did not really? know. This is, this is the first time I'm hearing it. Yep. <laughs> um, so my parents brought me up in the fact that, like, once you're confirmed, which um, – for the Lutheran religion happened in eighth grade. Um, once you're confirmed, then you can decide, you know, your own religious path thereon. But we've okay. done, you know, our, our whatever and, and taught you the ways that we knew, you know? Right. Um, I don't think it was, uh, <laughs> um, a gift from my parents that I chose to choose none. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's that. Um, that, but I had that many... was not one of the options, ma'am. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I've battled my whole life with um, my thoughts and my uh, whatever the fuck on religion. So it's kind of where I why I wanted to do this type of case. I wanted to hit religion because I, I think religion is um, it's it's a different thing. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, def- it's a definite uh, hot hot button topic, if you will. Yes, it is. You yeah. know, yes, it is. So, um, but anyways, we're going to talk about this form of religion that. Um, you know, combine these two crazy, crazy lovebirds together. All right. So at their church, they met and or their church college, they met and they were actually not allowed to date. That was in the curriculum rules of that Bible college that you are not allowed to date. You're not allowed to get married. You have to be, compl- you know, because I mean, this is a very strict religion. Yeah. So it'll distract but, you from your studies, all that. Right. Um, yeah. They actually were in the same from the research that I found. They were actually in the same class and. She, the the educator kind of, you know, poked fun towards him the way he was trying to do a presentation. She stood up for him. The educator then said, oh, well, you're being too promiscuous by standing up and like making a show of yourself as a female towards, you know, a male and blah, blah. called her a whore, this and that. And like Whoa. Jim was, was like, no, f-, like in his own way, he was like, oh, no, 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 fuck you, blah, blah, blah. This is it was it was a whole thing, you know, so they, you know, became whatever, fell in love. And as, you know, young teenagers do wanted to pursue more physical realm of this. So they were taught you can't do that till you're married. So they got married and they said, fuck it. We're just going to drop out of school. All right. Okay. The love is strong with these two. Yes. So that's where the story begins. (laughs) Um, So just a backstory of them. They had two kids together. They had Tammy Sue and. 
Jamie Charles, which um, we'll talk about later. His name is Jay. Um, okay. But my focus, obviously, is not on them as a couple. Uh, so I want to kind of do a little bit of a backdrop on their flavor of religion. Just so – because because I, I was not familiar. So I, I just assume that people are also not familiar. So they both came from a Pentecostalism background. So their biggest um, thing that they believe in is to receive the Holy Spirit from God, receive it as a gift. So okay. it's a form of Christianity that emphasizes in the work of the Holy Spirit in a direct experience. Um, the presence of God is there and he puts himself into the believer is what I found. Oh. So Inter- they believe interesting. it's very interesting. So they they believe that faith must be powerfully experimental there's no rituals there's no way of thinking it just however it happens it happens it's super dynamic it's energetic um it's kind of a movement is what they consider it oh um so this pentecostalism is deemed the most often talked about and most controversial religion out of all religions they focus on the book of Acts. They like to spread the gospel um, immediately after the resurrection of Christ, um, which sidebar, funny thing. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever experienced Jehovah Witnesses coming to their house, but yes. around this this rural area, that is a big thing. Yeah. And my dad always told me growing up, like, always bring up something from the book of Acts. Like, mention the book of Acts or, men- like, mention scripture from that because the Jehovah Witnesses will just, like, you know, escape into the wind. Um, to just evaporate <laughs> so that right right they, and I thought that was really interesting and I was like oh I wonder what is an axe that is so scary right but, um, I need to know too I know I was like I need to dive deep into this but um, mm-hmm. this flavor of religion uh, they focus on that book so I'm like hmm interesting Ooh. so here's maybe some things that you might have heard so this is the religion that is connected to like speaking in tongues they oh. consider that a divine gift. It's a um, like a mystical, spiritual, like enigma there. But they like to spread the gospel, which is their entire mission. They're kind of connected to um, like Baptist and what they believe in as their forms of, you know, uh, okay stuff. Um, but Pentecostal, they believe in like their core foundation is salvation through baptism. So you're healing through Jesus Christ, um, the resurrecting, the Holy Trinity, all that. Like everybody can be reformed. You know, okay. you, you were you were terrible yesterday. Now you've been reformed. You're saved today. Now we're good to go. Type thing. Yeah. Um, I I've been I went to a Baptist church when I was younger for a little while. Uh, my sister used to babysit us, basically, my older sister. And on Sundays, she would go to Cleveland Baptist Church. And guess what? We didn't have a choice. So we ended up getting on the Sunday school bus and going to church every Sunday, which I absolutely despised. I absolutely hated it. But nonetheless, we went. And they always had, like, who wants to be saved today? Who wants to come up and be saved? Like, you about to get saved every week? Like this is a whole this is a whole nother thing. I can't believe that this is a common occurrence where it's it's happening every single day. People go up there multiple times. It's like super yeah. yep. bizarre. See, and like coming from a Lutheran standpoint and background, it, it's funny that you say that because um growing up, 
like we believe in a certain thing. Lutherans get baptized very early on, like when you're a baby. Like, yeah. um, it was super questionable that I baptized Zara when she was two. That was a little too late for, you know, um, their liking. Um, huh. cause it's supposed to be a baby cause it's supposed to be like a fresh start. Like you're starting from new blah, blah, blah. But they mostly look at it like at, at the ceremony of baptism as a baby hasn't done anything wrong yet. So why baptize somebody that hasn't done anything wrong? Wait until sins have already been, you know, occurred or thought of or yeah. blah, 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 you know, cause it's all about salvation. Right. I, I mean, um, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm just, you know, giving you facts here. Um, so some of the things that they seriously condemn are like polyamory. They don't like anything that is unmoral or unchristian. That's a big thing. They are, I don't know if you've heard about snake handlers or holy rollers. Holy rollers sounds familiar. Snake handlers. I don't know. Snake handlers was a big thing, but now it's kind of like the Appalachian or Appalachian like type really really uh thick country like back in the backwoods type of thing because in the hills in the hill right Right. um there actually is a really good documentary on hulu i believe um called the alabama snake i encourage everybody to watch it it is about snake handlers but it is about pentecostal religion um holy rollers is would tie into basically what televangelism is that I mean, you know, people speaking in tongues, like people dancing around and crazy movements like, oh, my gosh, the spirit of Christ is inside me, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I mean, just the craziness of it. That right. is um, I suppose I should have said a disclaimer at the beginning. I'm not trying to offend anybody or their religion. You do you, boo. I'm just explaining this how I'm seeing it or whatever. Um, right. Yes, we're not. We're not trying to poke fun at anyone's religion by any means. We're just trying to tell the story of this person who is another Midwestern monster, of course. But it's a whole right. different. It's a whole different thing. It's not anything to do with the religion, really. Right. Sense. So from the religion aspect, I'm not trying to poke fun or, or say certain things. I'm just I'm just explaining it how I'm I'm interpreting it in my own way. So these right. are my opinions alone. Okay. Um, So some of the, like, rules of this religion, no alcohol, no tobacco, no mixed swimming means that, like, females can't swim with males. Um, They're not not allowed to dance. Uh, No TV, no movies, no theaters. Absolutely no makeup. So. um, Sounds sounds fun. Right. So Sounds like like unseasoned chicken is what it sounds like. Right. (laughs) Um, Microwaved unseasoned chicken. So then all dried out and shit. So, um, but there's special, special things for women. So they can't wear loud prints. They can't wear any makeup. They have to, uh, or they're not allowed to wear pants. They absolutely cannot wear any flavor of red. No cleavage, no back showing, no hair that has ever been cut. Okay. Why? Okay. Why no red? It's a sign of devil. Oh, okay. And horse. Right. I mean, basically. Oh, okay. I was just curious. Because Boy, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's, yeah, that, that's pretty, uh, well known through all, most flavors of religion, I guess. Most of them. Uh, wow. Okay. I did but not know that. If I was to bring it into my own words, basically you are supposed to be a hundred percent unfuckable until you get married. 
And then you are supposed to be the most fuckable once you get married to your husband. Because if you are not the most fuckable, your husband's going to cheat. And if your husband cheats, that's on you because you obviously couldn't, um, you know. Please him. You're, you yeah. couldn't please him in the way that you are supposed to. Wow. I'm out. I mean, that's it for me. I, I mean, I right. Same. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. So that's Pentecostalism. So then I'm going to talk. This is a little bit of a. This is a flow chart here. So then we have evangelicalism, which comes after that, right? So that was yes. their upbringing. That's where they started. So this is, you know, where they're going, which is teaching the gospel, the doctrine of salvation, spreading the gospel. Same kind of same deal here. Born again through baptism, this and that, you know, um, but they kind of draw other pieces from like the Baptist, the Mennonites, the Methodist, Pentecostal. Uh, non-denominational flavors. They they kind of draw all those in. And when you make this beautiful cake of all these things, you get what they started playing on TV, which is televangelism. So yeah. all, this the, is all the, this all, glory. All, all-encompassing religion, right? Exactly. This all-encompassing, um, you know, cake that they bring ministry to TV. Um, so... Sure. If Bob it, Ross can paint a fucking picture, then they can right. teach, so, you know, speak, speak the gospel. Right, because this is the phenomenon of, like, the era of everything is on public access TV, you know? Yeah. So why not bring religion there? Because it, we can get, we can spread the gospel to more people. And we can, you know, yeah. I mean, exactly that. I, that's exactly what they wanted to do. Right. So um in 1961 pat robinson he started the first christian channel on public access which was cbn um christian broadcasting network oh okay right so that that's what launched all this so uh, in 1966 jim and tammy they began working for pat robinson uh and they were actually a gigantic um contribution to the whole network's growth because this was this very new thing like okay well we'll try to bring the gospel on tv and see how people react to it you know do so you they, remember uh, that the like the fundraiser things that they would do on pbs oh girl oh girl i'm gonna yes we're gonna talk oh. about those okay yes so those I are gonna play a huge those. those are gonna play a huge part in this so okay um they hosted uh a, because pat was trying to kind of like be the head honcho be the face of this new network he's like uh eh, you know i'm kind of the king here but I'll give you guys a little something because uh, they were both young. You know, uh, this was their first venture after getting kicked out of college. They're young okay. in love, whatever. Um, don't have any kids at this point. Um, but, hey, yeah, if you guys want to do like children's ministry, I'm cool with that. So they started a children's variety show called Come On Over. And a lot of things you, you can find a lot of stuff on Tammy in this era because she's always made fun of for her like puppetry because she did a lot of puppets. She made her own little puppets that had their own personalities and voices. She used to throw her voices. I mean, very talented if that, you know, if that's the, I mean, you, it, you know what? It's fucking have, weird to me, but I mean, <laughs> I have something to say about this and it's not okay. about, um, it's not about her specifically, but King of the Hill did an episode about, um, his niece going and working for the church and doing a kid's puppet show just like that. And it was yes. the manger babies and she did all the voices and she had a little puppet show for everyone. And that is, I didn't know that they got it from 
Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> a lot of other things. So on HBO, the TV show The Righteous Gemstones is a hundred percent on the bakers and televangelism of the of this era. I'm trying to think of other things that. The, SNL ripped them to shreds with their church talk or whatever. Do you remember that? They're like I don't, what, church chat. I ne- when I was younger, I I couldn't stay up late enough to watch it, and then we started okay. getting into Mad TV. So like Saturday Night Ooh, Live, Mad was, TV. it wasn't really a thing in our house. Like we opted to watch like The Simpsons and Mad TV instead of doing right. Saturday Night Live. So there's a lot of right. stuff that I missed during that period. Well, this was, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he played Garth, like, uh, Wayne's World, like Wayne and Garth. Yeah. He was the one, I can't remember his stinking name. I'm terrible for this, but, um, (laughs) he was the one that did it. They had church chat, but it, it a hundred percent was making fun of her. And there were so many, I mean, things in that era that were making fun of her and her quirkiness and all this stuff. It was just, it was insane. (laughs) But anyways, so they got this opportunity to host this children's variety show and all of her puppets and stuff like that uh and it was a gigantic success it was just a huge like yeah i mean everybody was there for it whatever okay so they finally convinced uh robinson to give jim you know his platform because it was clear that tammy was the she she was the icon of that show you know i mean jim baker was there and whatever but he he was, you know, lackluster compared to her because she had all the personality. She was the fun, loving one. She was the one that roped up all, you know. Yeah. All parents want to see something their kids are into, you know, and she just had a hook, like hook, line and sinker. So. Okay. Jim, Jim didn't like that. So he <laughs> finally got his, his own show and he founded and started the 700 Club. I know exactly what that is. Yes. I remember that because that was when it's like, okay, like you said before, it's time to fucking go to bed. Like you, you yeah. that shit comes on. You're done. Like it's ugh. you've you've been up past your bedtime and now nothing, not even infomercials are on. It's literally just like, you know, home shopping network, late night television, the 900 numbers for the secret Skinamax channel. And then this right. fucking shit. Yes. Right. You can't even see Miss <laughs> Cleo at this point. Miss Cleo's done. She already took a nap. You know, like this oh, is just I really. I forgot about Miss Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. Get your reading now. Yep. <laughs> right. You know, so anyway, so he got this 700 Club thing um, and it was going great for about eight months. And okay. then there was a huge, I tried to find information on this, but there was a gigantic falling out with, with Robinson and them. And it was in 1972 and they. Uh-oh. They were, they parted ways. I don't want to say they were kicked off, but it seems that they were kicked off the show for some reason. Okay. Okay. Come to find out later on, I think it has to do with some allegations that were brought up. Uh Okay. So, um, you know, right before they were kicked off, that's when Tammy announced on air, you know, she was pregnant with, with their first child and it was a big thing and she was really excited about it. She thought Jim was going to be excited about it. Um, if you watch the bio documentary type thing um, through the eyes of Tammy Faye, which is on HBO right now, also HBO okay. uh, like app, it kind of dives deep into her standpoint on it, which was something I didn't find very well written out in my research. But it basically paints the picture that that's when these uh, homosexual tendencies are starting to come to light for old, old jimmy boy here what? so okay wait a minute now 
Right. Because um, they're they're preaching an, a whole nother thing. OK, wow. so we'll just we'll put that in your pocket and we'll, we'll dive deep in, in a little bit. Okay. Um, so obviously they just lost their job. She's pregnant. There's this like, what the hell are we going to do? Oh, All right, right. So she's like, well, why don't we be, you know, traveling ministers? We can do this. We can do that. And he's like throwing that all in the trash. He's like, that's ridiculous. So they somehow got a new connection and decided to move to North Carolina. And that's where they met up with a new person that was going to fund something that they were, you know, interested in because of all of her fame. Not because of him, because of oh. her. Yep. Okay. Well, he didn't like that either. That pissed oh, him clearly. off. clearly. Right. But they did, um, well, he designed a new late night style talk show because he was really obsessed with, um, is it Jimmy Carson? Is that right? Okay. Yep. Right. So he wanted to be like Jimmy Carson. So he, they started their PTL club. So what PTL means, according to all their writings, according to everything, was people that love. Okay? Oh. That's their, their network. Okay? Okay. So that's their, their new business. They just started this. Come to find out that the, all the footwork was done by her behind the scenes to get this, you know, ignited. And they all said, well, we'll do it if you're the host because you're obviously the dynamic person. You know, we want you. And she took a backseat and was like, well, I need to serve my husband and I want him to have this. You know, I had that. That was my thing of fame. We're going to do it together, but I want him. So oh, somehow, no, honey, Mm-mm. somehow in the, the business aspect, he was granted the, to be the host of this. So they had this this PTL club, whatever. This was a new thing. And they actually started the very first satellite network in 1974, like very first, which was gigantic, huge for, you know, television. They yeah. were the first ones that got to be able to stream wherever the hell they wanted to, um, mostly across the U.S. But, I mean, everybody was getting their ministry. Everybody was getting all of their stuff. And this was a huge step from, you know, public access. Yeah, um, is that um, is that those big giant satellite dishes and stuff people used to put in their backyards? Yes. Do you remember that? To, yeah. To pick oh, yeah. up channels from wherever. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. This was the start of that. So eventually, they were so successful that they were able to bring on like multiple like religious programs because they were going to give the gospel twenty four hours a day, and this was the first oh. time any. <sighs> channel had chosen this you know this was a whole network that they've created wow so throughout the 70s they grew and grew and baker says you know jim he's like from this point on i'm going to refer to him as baker meaning jim because now we're gonna i'm gonna have a little flavor in here of tammy faye but most of this is going to be about jim so when i say baker i mean him unless i say tammy faye Okay, so in the 70s they grew and baker built a headquarters for ptl because he's like you know what we're big enough. I'm going to have headquarters because, you know, I just my dick can't get any bigger. So <laughs> we're going to call that Heritage Village. And that's their like mecca of their business from this point. OK. Um, they expanded rapidly because they were not ready for the success that they were going to get from, you know, TV viewers from everywhere. They were, you know, dealing with like one or two stations and now they're dealing with all the stations, 24 hours a day. We have to have more content. We have to, like, a lot of new stressors came on for them. Yeah. And he goes, well, God told me I have to do more. Because there, I mean, that's a big thing um, in that 
evangelicalism, like that's a big thing. We have to recruit. We have to do more. We have to spread the gospel more. We have to do more. It's more and more and more. You're never satisfied, which is funny because he's also a Capricorn and that's a big Capricorn thing. Like in business, we always do more. We always grow. If we're not growing, we're not expanding. We're not like, you know, where we're supposed to be. So those kind of tie hand in hand. Very driven. Extremely driven. Yes. As they expanded very rapidly, Jim kept telling her, you know, like stressing her out, like, we got to do this. We have to expand. We have to do this. We have to include this. I have an idea. Okay, let's make a theme park. Oh, no. Oh, yes. A theme park. (laughs) So that is called Heritage USA. Um, It was built in Fort Mill, Carolina. um, And it actually was the third most successful theme park in the U.S. at the time. So... Not only did it come in with a bang, it was extremely successful. Wow. Um, that is so interesting. Who was number one? Cedar Point? Bet it was. No, actually, it was Disney World and Disneyland. Oh, damn. They don't count. They're, they're in a league all their own. That don't count well, at all. <laughs> this, was, this was doted to be the Christian Disneyland. Like, that's wow. like what this was. I need to see pictures of this. It's fucking bizarre. <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. Heritage what? Um, Heritage USA. USA. I'm looking this yes. shit up. I'm, so, we're going to post it on socials too because I need Yeah, to, for sure. See. So they're building this theme park because that's, you know, his next thing he feels like he needs to do. But I, this was, okay, so they're having their telethons, their things like that. But this isn't bringing in, like, where's he going to get liquid money? to make this because yeah. at this point at this point you know they were breaking even they were doing they were doing they were doing better than most but there for his the ridiculous idea for the steam park there was no funds for this there was no way so right. you have to pay people to uh build it and you have to pay the bills and everything once it gets going like where did you think all of this was going to come from Right, and he was turned away by multiple investors. Like, investors didn't even want to touch this shit. They were like, no, that's too much, bro. Like, we're not going to do that, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's um, a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he started holding more telethons and more telethons on his PTL network. You know, we're going to do this. And, of course, like, if anybody's seen a telethon from, you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know it's just ministers begging for money saying, you know, the more you donate, the more it'll help this and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, yep. I mean, a bunch of fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> I remember that. See, I told you. Telephones. So, right. So the viewer contributions estimated to exceed $1 million per week. Holy putting in money for this Heritage USA to, to be started, to be, you know, whatever. Are you whatever. Yeah. And so... There, he was actually brought into, um, I couldn't find what format, into onto a news show. And they were saying, like, what's your response to using mass media as a format to collect money for this growing theme park? Because if you mm. remember, like, circling back to what I first said, in their religion they were brought up, Pentecostal religion, you aren't supposed to be on TV. You aren't supposed to be doing these things. Like, all this shit that they're doing, they aren't supposed, that is, that, like, goes against their core religion. Like, their right. core factors yeah also tammy faye with the makeup she was known for her makeup but makeup was not an okay thing you know yeah they they could have just built a fucking circus with all that makeup right so it's like (laughs) it's they're building their brand off of things that are directly against what they're preaching 
basically. Yeah. Um, but his response because was greed is terrible. Yes, yes, and greed is uh, something we're gonna really get into here. So his response was, "I believe if Jesus were alive today, he would be on television. That's why I'm on television." Okay. Woof. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> would you like to hear some of the amenities of Heritage USA? Yes, I absolutely would. All right, because these are all for, you know, he claimed this was like the mecca of where you would go to, you know, your home away from home where you could um, indulge in all your church activities. Okay. Whatever sure. you want to call it. All right. So it includes a skating rink, a hmm. 501 room hotel, indoor shopping mall, a church, obviously, uh, yeah. 400 units of camping grounds. The Jerusalem Amphitheater. There was comfort or conference uh, facilities. There was the King's Castle, which I couldn't find out what the hell that meant or what that Ooh. was. I mean, maybe, maybe his living quarter. I don't know. Right. Um, there was prayer and consulting services. There was the TV production studio, um, Bible and evangelical um, school for um, the young age. Basically, it said twelve and under. There was. Visitors retreats housing, staff housing, and volunteer housing. That's a lot of fucking stuff for, you know, supposed to be your home away from home just to worship, I guess. So was (laughs) in my eyes. Was this a theme park or was this like a religious retreat? It was a theme park. It was supposed to be like the Christian Disneyland, is what they, you know, noted as. That fucking dude's got big dreams, okay? Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right. So here's a, a couple of things that like he did to raise money for this. So you could purchase timeshares. This was one of his telephone telephone things. Oh. You can purchase a timeshare. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. right. Um, and, and for anybody that's a half-ass adult knows what kind of bullshit th- those are. <laughs> I mean, yes. God. <laughs> um, so the theme park had 4.9 million visitors per year, and they were in large comparison to Disney, like I said. Jim still said, we're not big enough. We need to expand. We need to collect funds. We need to get money from our listeners, from our followers. They will understand this is what God is telling us to do. Okay? So oh then they gosh. decided to add a water park to their Heritage uh, USA. That was in 1987. Oh. So are all then, of the slides made out of like? Do they look like snakes? Because that would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> kinda. So oh. in 1987, uh, a fellow televangelist, Jerry Falwell, he plunged down in a full suit, which was like he lost a bet or a compromise that he made during one of their uh, fundraising um, telethons that said. If we raise so much money, blah, 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 I'll go down this, the new slide in a full suit and blah, blah, blah. Like it was a whole thing. Right. So yeah. that whole, like, like they raised publicity over 20, stunt. Right. They raised over $20 million <gasps> to see this man in a full suit slide down a fucking slide. $20 what? million. Wow, that is super weird. In a 12-hour marathon type thing. 12 hours. 12 hours. These people just answering the phones. Do you see all the people answering the phones right now? I know. This is contributors like you. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. 
So any of you Gen Z listeners or people that are younger than us, please, I assure, like, go look this shit up because these telethons were nutty and they <laughs> happened all the time, like, yes. in this era. PBS so, did do this for, like, the channel itself. And I do remember that because I, I was a Reading Rainbow fan and, you know, big comfy couch, all that really fun stuff. So I remember seeing the telethons, but I really remember these religious telethons because they were bizarre. We would have to ch- we would have to change the channel. There was nothing yeah. else on. It was so crazy. Mm-hmm. So in its in its peak, the I mean sidebar Heritage USA in its peak, it made 126 million per year. Okay, Jeez. um, that was until the IRS got involved and removed their tax exemption. But we'll get into that in just a few minutes. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, anything that is related to religion or is deemed a church, you are tax exempt. And yes. I'm pretty sure all 50 states at this point. Yeah. So in 1979, uh, old Jimmy Boy went under investigation by the FCC, uh, alleging that he misused the funds that he re- uh, raised on air. After this whole stunt where he, like, the dude, Jimmy Falwell, or Jerry Falwell, went down the slide in his suit, they're like, uh, okay, that was pretty public. Like, you got all this money, you're telling, like, selling timeshares, like, what's going on? You know? The, the jig we gotta is look up, into, sir. Yeah, right? we gotta, we're gonna look into this. This is getting okay. a little bit too big for your britches, sir. Thank you. Right, so the FCC found that Baker raised... 350000 that he told viewers would go 100% to funding an overseas mission program. Okay. Uh, which never fucking happened. And all of these mm-hmm. funds that they raised uh, went to fund Heritage USA into making it a bigger... We interrupt your regularly scheduled debauchery to talk to you about some other cool cats. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. The show really feels like just kicking back with us at home and chatting about monsters and tragedies, but having a few laughs along the way. Just like we'd be doing if the mics were off, frankly. (laughs) You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Forever and ever and ever. What do you think? Their links are in the description, so go check them out, you turkeys. Time to agitate the gravel and get back to Coolsville. Whatever. Damn, a that's bigger so thing. Terrible. I know. As well as paying quote unquote personal expenses to those involved. 
personal expenses. You mean right. lining your pocket? Okay. Exactly. So FCC said that they could sell. Um, so they kind of went behind the behind the scenes and was like, all right, bro, this is what we got. We have this. We know you did this financially. Here's how you can fix it. You know, your get out of jail free card. If you do this, we'll be good. We'll not make it public. You know, yeah. we'll move forward. So we'll they be, say we'll be square. Nothing's yeah. going to get brought up in the media or on the news in newspaper, anything. E- just exactly. We won't ruin do what you. We're but, telling you. Right. So the FCC went to um, the bakers and said, you know, you can sell PTL, um, which is their whole network um, yeah. to pay back the debt that, you know, they have caused for all of the don like the people that have donated this and that. Um, and we're going to discontinue the investigation. Um, would you like to know what he did? Yeah, I absolutely do. Nothing. Nothing. No response. They gave him 30 days. Jesus, take the wheel, man. Right. No, no response. Um, completely disregarded it. Didn't give a fuck. He said that God said no. You know, I mean, it's just really no action. Yeah. Um, so well, God ain't uh, here, dude. You're here, right. and we're trying to figure. We're trying to get square here. So either you're gonna you're gonna do what we tell you to do, or this is gonna go public, and shit's about to get real bad for you. Right. So of course the FCC is like, all right, well, fuck you then. We're gonna send this to the Department of Justice, which they Oof. did. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, the Department of Justice claimed insufficient evidence and was Ugh. unable to press charges at this point. Damn. So any normal person would be like, whew, wipe the sweat off your brow. Like, holy shit, we dodged a bullet. How the fuck did this happen? Maybe I did pray to the right God and he just helped me out, you know? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not doing that shit again. Oh, you know, a normal person. (laughs) Not, right. So (laughs) Baker decided to go on air and um, use this as a a claim to a, a gigantic witch hunt against him and decided to air all this laundry on air <gasps> saying the FCC no. came after me. They had no valid, but I'm basically laying all the case like facts out there saying they came after me. They had no reason to, they even sent it to department of justice and they said there's insufficient evidence. Oh my God. Whoa is me. Send me more money. I need more money. Um, Let's get his big claim was let's give the devil his black eye that he deserves. He needs a black eye. Send in money. Help me out. Help out that blah, blah, blah. If you guys Uh, don't. He was saying that like PTL was getting taken off the network and you guys need your ministry. You guys need your preaching. If you want me to stay here, send money. Um, uh, Many other flavors of that same shit, basically. Wow. Just further. The the more you send, the more salvation you will get. What? Yes. Wow. Um, no, that's not how that works, but okay. So as he's having his, you know, telenovela all over um, public access. <laughs> you know uh, what, though? Okay, so I'm going to interject really quick. I'm going to say something before it slips my mind. People who are involved in crimes will do this a lot of times. Try to, you know, put put the information out there right away and hope that the people that are doing the investigation will cross them off as a suspect right away because they're so eager to help, you know, like he's doing that. Like planting themselves in the investigation type thing, you know? Right. Stop inserting yourself. Well, behind the scenes at this time, because this, that ain't it. 
Of course, we got those heavy hitters called the fucking IRS that likes to do their own type of investigation. Um, They're doing all this in silence, you know. So in their findings, they found $1.3 million of ministry funds uh, that were used to the Baker's own personal benefit from 1980 to 1983. Uh Uh-oh. Paper trails, motherfucker. Paper trails. Right. So um, after this display that they saw um, on TV, on public TV, the IRS decided, eh, we're going to strip your tax exemption status. Um, you know, no action was taken um, publicly other than we're taking that shit away. So as that paperwork right. is, is trolling through the, uh, you know, the process, um, the Washington Post posts an article that airs the dirtiest of laundry about the bakers saying that he um that there was claims against him about um sexual misconduct with a 19 year old named jessica Hahn, and everybody was like what like what the hell is going on you know what i mean because like like, pump the brakes i need to right look at this (laughs) right exactly so um a $279,000 payout was given to Jessica Hahn for silencing her with a non-disclosure. Um uh, we heard that before, haven't we? Right. That was to silence her about the allegations that she brought forward about Jim, um his co-host Fletcher, and then a another man that I couldn't find the name of that drugged and raped her. Um Whoa. during this whole time at the Heritage uh USA resort type thing. Oh um, yeah, that because that's how you celebrate, right? Right. And I found I did watch a documentary that she had that it was a hundred percent her, you know. Um I can't remember who she was with. I really want to say it was Connie Chung or something like that because it it was okay. old. But um it was really interesting because it was her take on the story. I don't have any information from that on here. Um, but if you want to look into that, because it was all the research I've done, it's very fucking clear that he's trying to hide something and that she was, you know, the victim in this, you know, yeah. um, a 40 something year old man, married man versus a fucking 19 year old that got called in. She was a very like religious individual. She got called in to do an internship. You know, we've heard this song and dance before. Okay. Sure. We've heard it. Right. Especially yep. in this time. Like it was. Obviously, I think Mr. Clinton just saying, um, you know, (laughs) these were the times. So this, you know, obviously is pissing off everybody that kind of let him slide. The, you know, FCC, the IRS, they're they're like, you know what, we're just going to do deep dives. We're just, fuck you. You you had your chance. Uh, You blamed us and cried victim. So now we're going to make you pay type thing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So all the money, the the paper trail started to come through. So all the money that was paid out to Jessica Hahn, the $279,000, all came from PTL's books. They found a, they basically caught him in the act of cooking his own books. So they found two, (sighs) two separate books, you know, one that, you know, tells tall tales and the other one that has the legit where the money's come from coming in and going out. Um, yeah, it's like having two phones nowadays. You know right, what I'm saying? exactly, exactly. <laughs> so there's this big thing. Like, um, he is obviously denying all these charges, denying all these charges, and then he out of nowhere just says, 
okay, we did have a sexual encounter, but it absolutely was not rape. She's lying. Okay, because what? we all we all believe that. We all believe that. Yo, she's 19. I don't care. Right. <laughs> so this brings on the light to multiple people coming back and claiming homosexual and bisexual allegations, um, encounters, you know, statements brought upon by previous PTL employees, by Fletcher, his whole right-hand man there, uh, the one that also was in on it with Jessica Hahn, and uh, the PTL director, Jay Babcock. So were they all out to get him? You know, it, it's kind of, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if they just kind of were thrown underneath the radar with him. And then when they, you know, when it got tight, they were like, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, it's his fault, not ours type thing. I don't know. Right. It's Let's weird. Let's point the finger at this guy. Right. That's what I, it seems I, like to I me. I feel like they're, after watching her documentary and like how she talked about it, I feel like they're all a bunch of guilty motherfuckers, honestly. Mm. Um, okay. So, of course, Baker denied all these allegations under oath and this and that. And he just made a big, you know, thing about it. And sure. then rival... He's a televangelist. Right. So then his biggest rival televangelist, uh, John Ackenberg, uh, he appeared on the Larry King show because Larry King was a big thing at this time. And he yes. said that he was an eyewitness to several moral improper improperties made by Baker. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Or improprieties. I'm sorry. Improperties. What the fuck? Okay. So <laughs> the next part that I'm going to bring up is something that I just decided to throw into this today. So I have notes from it. So I'm going to kind of go off the cuff. It's unscripted. I don't. But um, I feel like it needs to be said. Okay. So this was a CNBC um, interview that I found on YouTube um, from 1987. Um, this interview was actually conducted while all these investigations were going on. So at this point, it was the day after his one guy that was involved in the, um, actually, okay. So his business partner was taking his business from him, from Baker. Yeah. Baker was yep, pissed. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So he said, you know what? We got to get him out of here. He's causing too many fucking problems. He's basically saying like, oh, I wasn't involved. I don't know anything. And these, I'm about to air all your dirty laundry. So I don't look like I'm just as much of a criminal. Okay, that's basically what yeah. it was. So they brought Tammy right. Faye and Jim on this uh, newscast thing for CNBC. And I found it really fucking bizarre how they acted. Um, and that's what a lot of my notes are from. It's like their like facial expressions, how they're like their body movements, things like that in comparison mm -hmm. to the questions that they were asked. So, OK, one of the first things they were were asked was, um, and this was actually their very first public interview since the allegations had dropped about, you know, the homosexual stuff, about the um, Jessica Hahn thing. This was the, and this was, they appeared on this, I, can't, I researched and found out, because this was the only paid interview they could get at the time. <laughs> Interesting. Thought that was as right. fuck, dude. So, um... But this was their first public appearance. They had been, like, staying at home and not, like, talking to anybody. Uh, the first thing they were asked was, you know, are you able to have an honest interview with us? Can you, you know, be forthcoming about what happened? Are you, you know, are you cool to talk about it? And they were like, oh, yes, we're great. We're, you know, we definitely will tell you the truth. This and that. We just want to clear our name. You know, all that song and dance. And then he said, well, that's not. I'm sure you do. That's not really what I mean. I mean, 
are you going to blanket yourself in scripture and use, you know, God and the Bible to be a protective layer around you to where you won't answer my questions? That's what I want to know. And I was like, oh, damn, Savage. Okay. 87. Okay. Right. And they both agreed. They said, no, no, we won't do that. And Tammy Faye went off in like a, a tangent about how. Um, well, that is our blanket of protection, this and that. And he goes, I understand that. He goes, but I don't want you wasting my showtime, you know, for uh, that, for that, <laughs> you know, basically. Uh, okay. So they have this interview and fresh out the fucking gate. Um, Jim wants to talk about scripture. So. Duh. Right. So here's the scripture. I did write it down word for word because I thought it was fucking interesting that right after he just said, no, I'm not going to do that. He went ahead and did it. Right. So he quoted Psalms 38 verse 12, which said, while my enemies tried to kill me, they plot my ruin and spend all their working hours planning treachery against me. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am in silence uh, before them and a man cannot speak. I have been, oh God, my handwriting is terrible at this also. Um, basically, like everybody's talking fucking shit and I don't care. I'm going to be silent about it because that's what God wants me to do. Okay. All right. Great. Thank um, you for that. Even though I asked you straight to your face right. not to do that, but okay. Right. So he kind of gives him a look like, oh, exactly. You know, the look you would expect for that response. So yes. then they said, well, why haven't you came forth to try and defend yourself, defend your ministry, defend your family? You know, what about your kids? He brought up like the kids like, you know, this is this is a mess, basically. Um, well, these are his excuses. Well, you know, Tammy Faye had pneumonia and then we had to deal with Tammy Faye and her uh, Betty Ford's program situation. And then, you know, things just get, he just kept giving excuses that all had to do with like it was Tammy Faye's fault. And she's just looking there and folding her hands and, like, bowing her head, like, very defeated. And it was like she wasn't allowed to talk. She, you know what I mean? Just a really fucked up situation. Like, victim yeah. situation. You right. know? Like, I'm I'm going to take the reins because I'm the man in this relationship. And you will sit there and you will nod your head and stay quiet and speak when you are spoken to. Exactly. And there's yeah. been lots of situations on that's been brought up in different documentaries and such that that was, you know, a common thing for their dynamic in their ministry. Like, you know, I mean, she was bubbly and happy go lucky and this and that, but she was he made her apologize for things and made her like look like an asshole in front of millions of people on their network on public televised, you know, programs it was just i don't know it was just very very sickening to me to watch and uh, see that that's right. how she was portrayed you know yeah um stifling her because she has a wonderful personality and she probably would have been way better at the televangelism and everything than him and he couldn't stand it and then when he started to get blamed oh you'll have to excuse my wife this exactly is this is pretty much all her fault. Get out of here. When if we remember, right, like she was the reason that it, it opened up doors for opportunity for their business in the beginning. Right. You know, we like and, you. And she it really sucks because she kind of fell into that era of being blamed for everything, kind of like how Britney did. It was just it was that time, you know, yes. like the wom yes. the woman is looked at like she has mental health issues. She has this. She has that. You know, she's not the, the power person in this dynamic at all. And 
Yeah. You know, and you can kind of see like Tammy Faye and her mental health like decline as she, you know, overuses her makeup. She clings to those things that give her some mm-hmm. sort of, you know, um, I don't know, comfort in the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like some self-identity. And then when she finally tries to be, you know, outward about her feelings and things like she's painted as a monster. She's painted as a over-emotional female and... You know, we don't want to live our lives like that. And that's, you know, set an example. It's terrible. But that's, I mean, a whole other sidebar. Um, but that, I mean, that's what yeah. happened in early 90s. I mean, the early 90s, that's what it was, you know? Yeah. And it's terrifying. Right. But so this whole, again, I'll say this uh, TV publication happened right after earlier that day. There was a, a press conference done with a rival newscasting situation with jerry hallwell if you remember that's the guy that like came down the they named that slide after him he came down with the right the the soup soup. yeah Mm -hmm. so he had a 90 minute press conference um that details all of the allegations of jim you know with his sexual assault things with his being you know a homosexual with um his financial (laughs) misconduct he basically let all his shit out there you know wow you can't confide in nobody these days, man. Right. Exactly. And he said, you know, also, this is what Jim said. Also, I was given this letter from Tammy Faye and he held it up in front of everybody. He said, it's obviously on her letterhead. This is that. Like, this is her signature. Um, and he read this on air. And I just can't even imagine how embarrassing this must have been. Um, of all the things that they would like to receive in order for them to sell their business. Because this was his business partner. This was the one that he thought would have his back but when you know times got a little tough it's like uh well fuck you i'm about to right. take it's this. either me or you and right. it's you right so these were the things that were mess like written on that grocery list of how he played it out were demands which we find out that is not really how it was played out um okay hospitalization insurance um and this is from tammy Faye's um her personal notebook um, Jim's lifetime salary of $300,000 a year, Tammy's lifetime salary of $100,000 a year, rights to all books and records, um, any stock that is left, a secretary for a minimum of one year, phone bill paid for a minimum of one year, the house on the lake and all the furniture inside of it, two cars, security detail until um, other disclosed, attorney fees for all of the IRS problems we're currently going through suggests that james robert be the host of the ptl network's shows um and then the keep the marriage workshops um continue for at least one year and also maid servicing for a minimum of one year so this is what so the way that it was painted was that like these are our demands we want this and then you can have our company basically you can have our you know we'll write down our our you know shareholding for the company. Um, but what it really looks like is you guys don't give a fuck that you stole this money from people. You, you stole millions and millions of dollars for personal gain from all of your followers, your, you know, your congregation, and you don't care. You have no remorse. You know, it painted the picture of really terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Not, not to mention, um, they know that they're not going to be able to afford anything. 
once this is, I mean, this is it. Right. You know? Absolutely. Their, their lavish lifestyle and all of the shit that they bought with money that you, the viewers, gave to them, they're not going to have that shit anymore. Right. And there's a paper trail of like all that stuff did not go to what you thought you were buying. These timeshares, this Heritage USA, this went to yeah. straighten our pockets, all of our bonuses and, and stuff like that. It was, it's just, it's crazy. So then, you, you know, after he talks about that, he basically calls them self-centered assholes. He says that it's clear, clearly have no repentance for what they've done for their crimes. He says, and also I'd like to talk about um, the affair. He goes, the affair with Jessica Hahn. Um, he said, you know, certain quotes from Jessica Hahn saying about how she was raped and about how um, it gives like very intricate details of the situation that obviously you can't make that shit up, you know, like. Uh, yeah. like she, how she laid there on the floor after being drugged and then noticed like the, the third man that was supposed to come in, how he was, um, you know, his dick wouldn't get hard. So she couldn't continue with the sexual assault. She said she just wanted it to be over like stuff like really painful stuff, Ugh. you know? And he, Yuck. and he said this on national television. Oh no. And he said, and Jim, I'm really sick. And then he said, you know, and Jim, I'm really sick and tired of you saying that this never happened. He goes, because you called me after weeping your eyes out for 15 minutes in the shower and said, God will never forgive me. I've slept with a whore. Oh, right. Who's the whore? Let's be real. Right. Supposedly this, this girl. And it's just, I mean, then he, you know, he brings up. The fact that it's on a tape recording of Jim Baker going and talking to another associate of PTL and the like he played the tape of it saying like, oh, did you get her too?" talking to the third man that basically couldn't get his dick up that guy, um, which his what? names are never said in anything. Yeah, it's wow. And through this, um, when they asked Jim, you know, what are your responses to this? What does he do? Quote scripture, quote scripture, says nothing. Um, and as you can see, like the downfall of like Tammy Faye during the whole interview, because she just puts her head down and she just like is fighting tears. He just keeps quoting scripture and he keeps blaming it on her. It's just it's really like it's just sickening. Like wow. his portrayal yeah, of the whole no. thing, you know. Yeah, I don't buy it. Right. It, yeah. Sorry. It's just. She's really embarrassed. Clearly, for sure. Beyond, beyond embarrassed. And so after that interview, you know, the PTL fundraising activities from 1984 to 1987 eventually led, you know, into further investigations and criminal charges against him. They sold $1,000 lifetime memberships and timeshares during this period. Well, this is yeah. while this is all going on, he's still like schlucking like timeshares on his fucking network. Like he's still fucking grasping yeah. at straws and people are still buying them. You know, he's selling yeah. shit to people a, who are brainwashed. He's selling shit to a to a hotel that isn't even built yet. It's not even under construction. There isn't even any <laughs> building plans. And he's selling wow. timeshares to these rooms. <laughs> Tens of thousands of shares were sold. beyond the 500 rooms that he already had sold like the timeshares too so like he basically oversold Uh, everything like there's no rooms for guests to even come in that he's also selling you know on he's also selling stuff like for guests to come in like it's just it's bizarre how much like he's overextending here 
Yeah, that's a little, it's a stretch, okay? You don't have one, so don't sell more than one whole hotel. (laughs) He sold over $3.4 million in excessiveness to his uh, Heritage USA, like, than what was already allocated. Like, $3.4 million worth of timeshares that were not even built yet. Um. Also, good job, good business. The IRS looked into the fact that he talked about in that interview that I just mentioned, because when he was blaming his wife for everything, um, they looked into mm-hmm. the Betty Ford thing with Tammy and uncovered a paper trail of that they that PTL the business paid sixty thousand dollars for plane tickets and you know the stay, all that stuff for her drug rehab. So that also came out of you know the uh, followers' pockets. What? Yeah. Drug rehab. Yeah. Don't you remember the Betty Ford Clinic, which was like drug and alcohol rehab? No. Okay. That was a big thing. Like, um, okay. It's still. I thought you were talking about some sort of person. I was like, okay, cool. Let's move on. And well, yeah, I did not know that. She was the first lady, I think, that started the whole. Be- the Betty Ford. Excuse me. The Betty Ford Clinic. She, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a whole thing about, um, I think it's drug rehab, I think. Or it might be alcoholism. Wow. I can't remember. Anyway, she had a problem with pills. Rehab is rehab. Right. She okay. had a problem with pills. Well, he decided to use the company's money, $60,000 of it, to make sure his wife got adequate care at that. The best care. Right. So we're going to talk about his trial. So he was on trial for 16 months. He was found guilty wow. of eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy, obviously. Um, right. He was initially sentenced to 45 years in federal prison and $500,000 oh. fine. Um, that was in 1992. Obviously, he went through the appeal process. He appealed the fuck out of it multiple times, and he got it reduced yeah. down to eight years. And after serving five of the eight years, he was paroled in 1994. Okay. With his, like... He had to sign a thing saying that he would never engage in blending religion and commerce as he did that brought him to his first conviction. So he signed that saying, I'm never doing that again. I learned my lesson, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know. Did you, though? Right. So the year that he was convicted, Tammy Faye was like, fuck off. I'm divorcing your ass as any powerful woman should and good for her. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What the fuck is he doing now? Obviously, he only spent five years. He's not dead. So he he got out of federal. Um, Whilst he was in federal, he uh, met a fellow evangelicalist, uh, Lori Beth is her name. Um, He decided that he loved her dearly after he got divorced and he decided to marry her. So Uh, good Good choice. Whilst in prison, you know, Um, in 2017, he went on a biblical rampage via video saying that god would god is more than happy to punish any who ridicules him uh that there will be multiple events that will be shown saying this is true he had different videos for each event would you like to hear these events uh her do hurricane matthew um he blamed that because obama became president that God and God told him these things. God, like okay, God told him all these things were going to happen. Okay, if in fact we impeach Trump, um, that's going to bring on the next civil war. So we cannot impeach Trump at this point. Um, when okay. the Amtrak derailed um, in the I think it was 2016, um, this was God's warning that we need to listen to Jim Baker because he is the 
Are you getting profit vibes here yet? Because yeah, they're coming. Yes. Okay. The, the Amtrak has nothing to do with you, sir. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, it gets better. So he also claimed that the 9-11 attacks were brought to him in a dream three days before that they actually happened. And that was also a warning Fuck from God off. that people are no longer no. following his ministry. Wrong. And to top it <laughs> off, um, his final video was the Douglas High School shootings. Um, we're also told to him in a dream from God that this is what's going to happen next on if people don't um, obviously follow you because you were the, the prophet that was chosen. Yeah. Look, if so, you're getting these premonitions, you need to get on the phone and start making some fucking phone calls, sir. Because these are pretty serious. This isn't just a joke. He's making it out to be a fucking joke, and it's not. Right. So... Obviously, like, you know, things are different here in 2017 when he got out of prison. Um, yeah. So he was able to establish his own network, whatever the fuck, where he could release these videos. It was then that he was again kicked off of any public networking services. Um, and Christian Today magazine reported it and said that he was playing on the most vulnerable kinds of people and had no business being on any TV screens. So he has been chastised by all Christian networks at this point. Wow. Um, in 2020, the attorney general of New York ordered Jim to cease the making of his false medical claims about the supplements that he had claimed were the cure to COVID-19. This motherfucker is schlepping COVID-19 cures. Okay. <laughs> he <laughs> was also contacted and sued by the FTC and the FDA on the same matter. Wow. So, Dude, wake up. Right. Like, what is wrong with you, man? So in early of 2020, after this all happened, he got all these, um, you know, indictments, things like that. He suffered a mm -hmm. heart attack, which his wife, Lori, said was detrimental and it was going to end his life. His son, Jay, came on and, and talked to multiple different news outlets and said it was a mild stroke. They said it was probably because of cholesterol. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But she said... He is choosing to take a break. Lori said he's, he's choosing to take a break from his ministry. He needs to recover. Okay. So he attempted yeah. to come back on June 8th of 2020, but he was met with a settlement to a lawsuit that was brought against him, um, forcing him to pay $157,000 for anybody who brought, who, who purchased his Silver Revolution products. So his Silver Revolution products are his COVID whatever the fuck they are. Elixirs, oh. I guess you could call them. COVID, anti-COVID elixirs. Yes. That is ridiculous. So kind of jumping back, that was, you know, 2020. We're going to jump back a little bit to give you some insight on that. In 2014, that was when his son said, you know, basically, my, my dad's a fucking whack job. You know, I'm just choosing <laughs> to live my own life and because he's a minister also but he is a minister okay. that's all inclusive he's like i want to preach what my mom said the gospel is about and what you know everybody deserves to um you know god doesn't make broken things and i believe that everybody should be able to you know worship in a safe space he's all inclusive you know all lgbt all race everything like he's all inclusive ministry yeah you know he's building his that and he says that he doesn't want to do anything that is ministry that's you know publicized because that's not what ministry is about so he's basically like yeah. anti what his parents did but also like you know 
raising his mother up in her true beliefs on a pedestal, which is awesome. So, yeah, it's it's great, too, because he learned he definitely learned what not to do. Right. So in the same year, Jim wrote a book, which he's already written books before, and they were all like real cheesy ass fucking, you know, self-help mm-hmm. books, whatever. Pay more and you'll oh. get more salvation type thing. So this book that he oh, wrote yep. at this time was a little different, a little different genre. It was called Time Has Come. Now prepare for epic events that are ahead. Okay. Um, he is like doomsday preppers. Exactly. He has changed his old yeah. theology to comparison in comparison to his previous books. He is now um, living the philosophy of a doomsday cult. Okay. Um, it, it's fucking bizarre. His new theologies all connect all the teachings of doomsday cults. He sells. Uh, along with his book, you have to purchase his book too, which this kind of is going to cue something we talked about yesterday. Um, you have to purchase his book and also you get a prepackaged freeze-dried food and meal plan that you can keep in your bunker for 40 years, but you can't have the food without the plan, the, the book, you know, the guidance of how you're going to conduct yourself once, you know, the end of days comes. You know, okay, it, it's fucking weird. Um, so yeah, he sounds he's, like it. He's selling this, and then also you can have an add-on product. As that was in 2017, and then in 2020 he added an automatic add-on to this collective piece, um, which was his um, silver elixir, which was the COVID vaccine or whatever the fuck he called it. Um, it so generous. He raised. 25 fucking million dollars in this what from 2017 to 2020 dude you know what he i hate to say it but doomsday preppers since like the show came on tv yes it's been huge he capitalized on it he capitalized on it he dones himself a natural health expert he no he also says that the (laughs) his elixir his silver elixir totally eliminates coronavirus and deactivates the entire virus in 12 hours. He said, so then I talked about earlier that he had that, um, the FDA and all that shit came against him about this coronavirus, whatever. So since that, he has renamed his silver elixir and now claims that the same elixir, the same chemical makeup of this elixir is known to kill pathogens that cause SARS, HIV virus, and for a four ounce that, bottle, you can get your own at eighty dollars. That is absolutely ridiculous. And that, my friends, is Jim Baker. Uh, and it, wow, I just that is nuts, man. I just fucking can't. <laughs> you know, that is so crazy to me that somebody. I want to know what is going on in his brain that is either. He's malfunctioning in some some ways, or he's an evil, diabolical businessman that capitalizes on something that is known to be profitable. What what really got me was the fact that, okay, I love that you brought up the fact that he, uh, the doomsday thing, that was a huge thing of that era, you know, and the the preppers, all that shit, that was huge. And then especially with the Trump administration, that was very big with them. 
But he can't he signed that disclosure for being let out of prison early. And then he went ahead and did the exact fucking same thing that he signed that disclosure about, you know, and raised twenty five yes. fucking million dollars, twenty five million dollars. Yeah, the rules do apply to you, sir. I don't understand. Like, I under I understand the greed aspect of it. Okay, who doesn't want more? Okay, but there's so there's a thing. There's such a thing as too much of a good thing, and eventually the shit is gonna catch up to you. So I don't understand. I don't understand the the um mental capacity of someone who not only hides behind you know and at first I don't want to say hides behind because at first I truly believe that their their intentions were genuine okay I believe so in the first place I believe in the beginning yes I I feel like that that led to bigger things in which the the fundraising for example that showed that people are willing to give because in the church, tithing is a thing. Well, a televangelist doing TV uh, church sermons or whatever, who do you tithe to, right? So they're doing that in the telethons, basically. And he, I feel like he saw all this money coming in so fast and thought to himself, oh my God, if I can just keep this up, me and Tammy, more so him himself, will be set for life and he won't have to do anything, just sit on his ass and reap the benefits. But that's not how that religion is, though. That religion right, 100% believes in the more you recruit, the more you do, the more you do, the you know, the more salvation you'll receive type thing. You have to continue. The work is never done. You have to continue recruiting. You have to continue um spreading the gospel you have to continue doing this and that's very much like um that and i can there's such toxicity in that and as well as coming from somebody that has a lot of capricorn in my chart i understand the never being fulfilled in a business standpoint like you always want to be the top like i i get that yeah. you know you always want yep. to be the smartest at something you always want to have the highest degree you always want to excel in, in as many ways you know, always want to continue learning i get that i have all those things i understand that 100 percent um which i mean is still questionable whether or not that's toxicity in itself but i don't know he's just i feel like There's so many, this is a choose your own monster type of tale because there's so many factors in it. Yeah. It sounds that way. It definitely sounds that way. But I would like to invite our listeners into this rabbit hole that we're about to go down in our choose your own monster type of way, because we're going to hit some heavy hitters that also are self-proclaimed prophets. There might be religion that is intertwined in these delusions there there's a lot of our next couple of things we're going to talk about are going to have that slow dance between the you know multiple factors and yeah that's like where 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 is the line between religion and self-proclaimed prophecy exactly there's there's a line there and the people we're going to talk about are going 
uh, above the line and and doing things like like you said, Jim Baker. He took advantage of people who genuinely believed that he was, you know, spreading the good word and doing what he thought was right. And he was pulling the wool over their eyes to try to profit from religion and vulnerability. And it just seems to me like uh, we're going to keep up this theme, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's just, you know, stop numero uno on our self-proclaimed profit tour here. But we are going to post all of the stuff that was mentioned. Appalachian Snake, uh, Through the Eyes of Tammy Faye, Heritage USA. I'm definitely looking that up. I'm going to put pictures and links on our Facebook and our Instagram. Both Monsters of the Midwest. If you don't follow, go ahead and follow. Like and subscribe on all platforms that you can when uh, wherever you're finding us today on Apple. Leave us a little comment. We appreciate that. We don't give a fuck what it says. Just boosts up the algorithm. We can't wait to give you guys something else, something great next week. Yeah, we sure can't. Always remember the code of the Midwest. Don't talk to strangers. Don't go anywhere alone. And lock your damn doors. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.